0: You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program.
1: Hi, this is Ann Heinrichs with Adventive Cross-Cultural Initiative, and you're listening to Engaging Mission Show. Welcome
2: to the Engaging Mission Show with Brian Ensminga. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple-makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger.
0: Hi there, and welcome to the Engaging Missions show. In this week's episode, we're going to be continuing our series on Involving Children in Ministry – We're going to talk about things like an easy way to share the gospel, how God brought children into the ministry model in an unexpected way. And we're also going to hear the perspective of a mother's heart, which I think is great. I've also got some additional updates, news, and resources that will be available. And I do want to mention that the show notes will be available at engagingmissions.com slash coopers. During the course of the interview, I had mentioned a show notes page with a link that was a little bit harder to remember, and that will be available as well, but I think the easy one to remember will be engagingmissions.com slash the Coopers. With that, we're going to get right into this week's episode. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Engaging Missions show. Today we've got with us Troy, Rachel, and Malachi Cooper, and I'm really happy to talk to them because when I talk to Troy, wow, just... Uh, Like a year and a half ago now, we talked about how they were involving their kids in ministry. That was episode 58. And now I want to focus specifically on how Troy and his wife and his children are all involved in ministry. So Troy, Rachel, Malachi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Brian.
1: Thanks.
0: So as we're kind of framing up this topic, one of the things that just kind of starts in my mind is you guys have been involved in ministry for, well, just about forever, but for the whole time that you've had kids, if you also had them involved in the ministry or was this um, something that happened a little bit later?
3: Hmm. Well, um, Brian, I served as a a youth and young adults pastor for about 12 years and uh, in a local church in the Midwest. And uh, I would say, well, for part of that, we didn't have children. Sure. Um, but even once we had the kids, um, they, they weren't really involved. I mean, part of it was their age, but part of it was just, um, I just honestly just didn't see them as, um, people that God would use. And, um, so in 2012, we moved to Japan as full-time missionaries and, um, It was then that I, we began to learn, um, that God wanted to use our kids. And, um, and that was when we transitioned from more of a pastoral local church role into more of a a catalytic missionary role. And, um, so it was one day on a a prayer walk. Um, Rachel had asked if I could take the boys. I think they were like five and seven at the time. Mm. And, um, so I, I, at first I was kind of like annoyed, you know, like, Hey, this is spiritual work. It's not childcare. And, hmm. um, cause I just, I didn't, you know, what are they going to bring to that? And, um, I was taking what I was doing really seriously. And, and she just, you know, lovingly nudged me to, to take them with me. So I did. And, um, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll model for my boys. And as I'm out praying in this city with millions of lost people, in Japan uh my 5 year old Isaiah just begins to pray this like bold prayer that was not repeating what i was saying mm. um and uh i thought oh my goodness like the holy spirit's really speaking through him right now and um so that just really got my attention and i talked to rachel I was like babe you should have heard Isaiah pray like you know we i've never even thought of this before about god using them so I think that's when I really started to, um, begin to see it. And I'll just, I'll just say throughout this whole interview, what you need to know is, um, we had to learn because our kids were showing us and Rachel was encouraging it. Um, it wasn't a plan of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something God showed me through our children. Okay. Now,
0: Rachel, one of the things that Troy mentioned was that you lovingly encouraged him to, to take the kids with him. So did you have a plan in mind or was that just, you needed the kids to go with him?
1: <laughs> well, um, so I grew up in Japan as a missionary kid. Um, okay. so I lived 17 years of my life there. And um, it's interesting when you're on a foreign mission field, automatically in your heart, you know you're a missionary and that you're a minority because you know Jesus as your Savior. Mm-hmm. And so as a child, um, I always felt like um, I was a good conversation piece. Um, for my parents, (laughs) if that makes sense, um, you know, living in a culture in a land where everybody has black hair and brown eyes, then they, they see this little blonde hair, blue eyed girl, and they want to touch my hair or whatever. And then they always ask, well, well, why are you here? And then my parents always had an opportunity to share the gospel. So I really, um, Troy and I would leave mission strips back and forth to Japan um, even when Troy was the youth pastor. And um, I would see our kids as being such a magnet for conversation. So when he said he was going out, I thought, well, this would be great. You know, the kids can spend time with their dad. They're going on a prayer walk. And who knows, there might be an opportunity for him to share the gospel, um, whether it's a Japanese person trying out their English on him or, you know, whatever the case may be.
0: So. Clearly, to make this transition, God was in control of all
3: of that, it would would seem. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Neither neither one of us had a plan on this one. (laughs) Not at all.
1: I was the, you know, Troy always had such a, I mean, he he loves spending time with his kids. So I don't, you know, anyway.
0: So having seen pictures of you on Instagram, Troy, I just have trouble seeing you as being really focused and serious. That just seems, that's hard for me to wrap my head around. <laughs> is that something that maybe the kids brought to the table or is that always,
3: always been your personality? Uh, no, I. Um, I think there's, I like to have fun when it's time to have fun and I can be pretty serious when it comes to things that are, are serious. Let's just put it that way. How's that? That's
0: good. <laughs> so,
3: so also thinking
0: about involving kids in ministry, you know, I would have thought that around age, maybe 15 or 16 kids are starting to get mature enough to deal with that kind of thing. But you're talking about five-year-olds.
3: What do you see as sort of an age break for starting to involve kids? Well, Brian, I feel like it's important for us as followers of Jesus to be just obeying Jesus in front of our kids whether we're full-time missionaries or whether we're working another job, you know, we're all called to make disciples. And if, if we can practice that, whether, I mean, the simplest things as far as hospitality goes and having people over, um, you know, Rachel's amazing at just engaging people, you know, at the store or at the park or at the school. And she will transition an everyday conversation into a gospel conversation. Um, So I, I think, Uh, I wouldn't distinguish the age as far as practicing this in front of your kids. Um, and I mean, that was, that was our case. Um, but as far as, you know, including them in trainings or, um, you know, encouraging them to personally, you know, pray for and share their faith. Um, I would, I mean, I, I, we were just kind of watching for desire from the, honestly, we weren't watching for it. They just did it. Um, you know, I don't know if it helps to kind of tell the story of, you know, the next step after the prayer walk in Japan, but we moved back to the States and we're raising support to move down to South Florida where the Lord was calling us. And, um, I was doing trainings. Um, and there was, was actually one of the first like event trainings that we had done in Indianapolis and uh Rachel asked if I could have Maya and Malachi come with me and they were gonna help with the registration and check people in. And I thought, oh, that'll be so cool. And and it'll give her a break. Um, and uh I think something happened where they weren't able to get picked up, so they stayed with me. And I thought, well, I'll, you know, let them, you know, color or do something in the corner. And uh, I wanna say they were probably nine and ten at the time. And uh and they sat through the training and um, were taking notes and participating. So it wasn't something where I said, hey, you need to do this. It was, you know, they had an option and they chose to sit through and participate in the training. And then there was the option that evening to go out and put into practice what people had learned. They'd learned how to, um, you know, identify people in their life who are far from God and how to start a gospel conversation and, and, then, and then transition to the gospel. And so we encourage people, Hey, if you're interested, you know, go out and uh, practice on some lost people. So we had a group of super spreaders. These are biblical evangelists. These people just love to share the gospel. And uh, um, one of them, Matt Hannell as uh, a good friend of mine, um, they were going out. And so Maya and Malachi were like, dad, we want to go out. I'm like, no guys, you're, you know, you're nine and 10 just, you know, casting that vision that God can't use them. Yeah, uh, You're nine and 10 and um, you know, not tonight, maybe tomorrow. And, and they're like, dad, we have to obey Jesus. And um, I'm just like, Ugh. so I reluctantly said, okay, go ahead. But you know, don't get in the way is um, you know, great, great advice from a father. And um, so they go out and um, they, I think they went to a Walmart that night. It just, we just basically said, go and share where there's lost people. Those guys chose to go to Walmart And, um, they, you know, the, the super spreaders didn't think to let them share. They just, you know, bring them along. They're just excited. People are with them. And uh, Malachi got kind of frustrated. Nobody's letting him share. So he actually broke away on his own and went and engaged a woman, um, at Walmart. And, uh, of course that just, you know, he becomes a hero among that evangelism crowd. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I think what we saw in them was, you know, we're teaching from the word of God, the importance of obeying Jesus and making disciples and the Holy Spirit took that word. And these, while they're little hearts, they're, they're believing hearts and they have the spirit in them and, and their faith is, is childlike. So it's huge. And, um, they were basically begging their dad, dad, let us do this. And, uh, so the next day, you know, we've got more training in the morning and at lunchtime we sent people out and it was the same thing. Go find some lost people to share with. And, um, they were begging me, dad, we want to go share. And at this point, I'm like, guys, you're going to like start a cult or something. You know, <laughs> you're going to get it wrong. Like, um, you know, I was legitimately concerned for um, making sure that it's right and uh, what was said. And and they just they just begged me, dad, we've got to obey Jesus. And so, I'm like, all right. Uh, so we went over to a food court. You know, it's like a, if you're looking for a place to share the gospel with people, they're like sitting ducks there. <laughs> Literally, uh, you know, yeah, at a mall, and uh you know it's public property, and all these people are you know, so I mean you only really have to engage the janitors there, and um if there's any problems, but I mean, it's just a great place to have start conversations with people, so we went up to three different individuals, the first two you know politely declined, but the third was a a a woman probably in her early twenties, had two small kids, she just finished her lunch, and I'm thinking guys let's let's give this woman a break and. Malachi looked at me, he's like, dad, we're supposed to share with all, not some, mm. you know, quoting I which I had just trained like 30 minutes before. <laughs> You're right. Uh, so he started a conversation with her and just asked if anybody had ever shared the gospel with her before and, and transitioned into sharing the, the gospel with her. And she said, I have been waiting for somebody to talk to me about this. So he sat down, shares the gospel, she repents and believes and um, began discipleship with another girl that um, was part of our group. And um, so it just blew me away. It just confirmed like, wow, Lord, you you want to use them. And um, so as a dad, I'm rejoicing, but I'm also wrestling with the implications of this. You know, I want to parent and and disciple them. And, and so at that point, Brian, I really, I mean, Rachel and I really saw like God wants to use our kids and it's not because it's our desire. It's because it's his desire. And mm-hmm. he's, he's putting that in them.
0: That's powerful. I'm just thinking about that. And is it possible for us to get Malachi on for just a second to talk about that that first experience sure. in the mall?
4: I was kind of excited. Okay, that I was actually like doing something. Did
0: Did you have maybe a particular uh, method that you were using to share the gospel at the time?
4: Yeah, I was using the bridge method.
0: Okay, and can you share with us a little bit about the bridge method? Because maybe not everybody listening will know what that is.
4: Well, the bridge myth is basically that we're separated from God, and it's, like, explaining it in, like, like a canyon, like, mm-hmm. and it's basically saying that the only way to escape this um, canyon and not fall into the hell is to, um, when you die, is to, um, for Jesus, is Jesus is um, the only way, and so you, Jesus is your bridge to cross over um, to God.
0: Yeah, that, that's good. Malachi, thanks for sharing that. As you guys um, think about this, you know, going forward a few years, what are the kinds of things that you want to see flowing into the lives of your children and grandchildren and perhaps great-grandchildren?
1: Yeah, um, I love that question. That's really great. Um, what I want to see and what we pray for, um, since our children were babies, is just that they would follow Jesus with their whole heart and love Him and believe in Him at a young age. Mm. And that if it's God's will that they marry, that, um, that person would love Jesus with all their heart and that they would be more effective together as a team than as, as they are alone. Mm. Um, and also we just, um, uh, now that we're seeing our children leading other people to Christ, wow, how awesome is that we could, um, fulfill the great commission, um, through making disciples, um, and that our children can partake in this, um, you know, at such a young age, and I wanted to throw something in there really fast. When when Maya led her little friend, her little sixth grade, 11-year-old friend to the Lord, um, she was like, okay, Mom, you're not going to believe this, but she believed. And so um, she said she's free Saturday, and um, she wanted to get together for um, discipleship to go through the commands of Christ. Hmm. And I was like, okay, um, She's like, here's her mom's number. And so I texted her mom, or actually her mom texted me. Mm. It was like, "Um, so this has happened. I understand this has happened. And um, would you like to meet at Barnes & Noble on Saturday? And so I was like, yes, let's do this. And so I was thinking I would sit in with Maya and kind of facilitate this discipleship group. Mm -hmm. Well, it took me five minutes to realize that Maya is completely equipped and ready to do this all on her own. And um, just to see that even at the young age of 12, that as we train our children, like God is the one who really develops this heart and this wisdom that we as adults were like, where did you even where did you even know how to, how to do that? You know, um, it's been pretty amazing. And, and even when her sweet friend was still, you know, became a believer, but was kind of struggling and, you know, really just with that same gender um, confusion stuff, um, Maya just said to her, she said, you know what, I could tell you what the Bible says, and I could tell you what God says, but I'm just going to challenge you to pray for the next couple of days and then and then talk to me about what your decision is. Mm. And this sweet girl came back to Maya a couple of days later and was like, Maya, God told me that it is unnatural and it's not part of his design. And God's design is for a man and a woman to be married. And I don't know if I'm supposed to get married someday, but for now, I I want God. That's who I want. And so I was just blown away. So that's the kind of legacy I want it to be passed down generation to generation, and I'm going to do everything I can to just protect that and, um, and never make it legalistic, never make it about you have to do this, but let it flow out of their hearts uh, and worship to Christ that they're so grateful for what Jesus has done that they want to share with other people. And that doesn't mean there's not these ups and downs and discipleship is messy and parenting is messy. And we have all kinds of things that happen, but that the, When it all comes down to it, the base, just the foundation of their hearts would be, I love Jesus so much, I will do anything for him.
0: Well, that's good. With that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus just a tiny bit, but we're going to continue on with this. This is where we would normally hear the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland, but we're going to take a little bit of a break from that this week so that we can hear some updates about what's going on in the world and then also offer some additional resources related to involving children in ministry and also uh, some social media stuff. This is just something I thought I would add. I thought it might be fun and valuable. Now, I do want to mention that the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment is still available as its own podcast if you visit engagingmissions.com slash leadership moment. With that, we're going to move to the update. I recently received some information. It's actually a newsletter from Brian Thompson. If you remember, he was in, a guest on the show. He's involved in Bible storytelling of involved in training people to use Bible stories, to share the gospel, to do discipleship, all kinds of stuff like that. was really great stuff, and he recently returned from a trip to Hungary. In his newsletter, he shared a little bit of information about what happened there, and then also he had a link to uh, a video that his daughter put together. She's recently started ministering in a red light district in Amsterdam, and it was really exciting to hear a little bit about what God's been doing and about how he's been moving in that area. I'd recommend that you check those out. Links will be in the show notes at slash The Coopers. And then also, I'd like to recommend that if you enjoyed what Brian shared, maybe you go ahead and subscribe to his newsletter, maybe support him in some way, maybe with money, maybe in prayer, maybe being involved with him, because I think that storytelling is valuable and it's a viable way to share the gospel. And then also, go ahead and subscribe to his podcast, The Story for All Podcast. It's actually a very good one. I enjoy it. I subscribe, and I'd recommend that you do as well. As far as teaching scriptures to children, I wanted to offer you a couple of resources. One is Jumpstart 3. This is music and hand motions and devotionals that are designed to help you teach the scriptures to your children in a way that's fun and engaging, but also teaches them to apply them. It's uh, some resource that's been put together by a man named Jeff McCullough. I've talked to him a little bit online and on the phone, and I think he's a great guy. I think you're really going to enjoy this, so I'll have a link to that. And then also, I have some friends who've put together a series... Of uh, what's called memory peel. These are static clings with scriptures on them that you can put on mirrors or on windows or things like that, places that you want to remember the scriptures, and they have a special series designed just for children. I've got a link for that in the show notes as well. I just recommend that you check these two resources out if you want to be able to teach the scriptures to your children and have some resources to do that. And then also I wanted to mention that there is a social media resource that I use pretty much every day to share stuff. It's called Buffer. If you have an interest in sharing things, Bible stories or links or things like that on Twitter, Facebook, other social media channels, I'd recommend that you check out Buffer. I do have a link for that in the show notes as well. It's one of the things that I've done to be able to schedule things that go out in advance while I'm at work so that I can have integrity while I'm at my job by focusing on what I should and not taking time away from that, but then also being able to share things that are valuable on social media when other people are actually there checking things out. So I'd recommend that you check that out. All of this is linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash coopers. With that, we're going to get right back into this week's episode. All right, we're back with Troy, Rachel, and Malachi. And as we continue this, one of the things I'd like to talk to to you guys about is um, the idea of integrating family and ministry. Because one of the things I think I heard go by is that it's normal to pray for kids and stuff as far as like families and things like that. But to start integrating them into the ministry to see it as a cohesive whole, I don't know that we all do that. I think sometimes we segment our lives. How are you able to integrate everything?
3: Yeah, well, we're still learning. Um, from the Lord on this, but some of the things that we found to be helpful, um, I think number one is, is really investing in our marriage and just that the healthy marriage flows into everything else within the family. Um, and I think, uh, having some daily with respects to the kids, having some daily disciplines that they're practicing. So for example, every morning, the readers, when they wake up, if they can read, they've got a quiet time. It's just mm-hmm. built into their schedule. And uh, they spend time with the Lord, and and then we we try to have breakfast together and listen to some scripture together. Um, And uh, Rachel's amazing at engaging. Well, we we've got six kids, but she's amazing at really engaging each of them personally and asking them questions and and just having conversations with them. Um, the other thing we have found helpful is I learned this from uh, my buddy Zach Medlock. He, he's in his twenties, but. Knows a lot of different folks in the world and and I was visiting him, said, Hey, what's something you've learned from families? He's like, Man, there's this family up in Vancouver that does family worship together every night. And uh so we I brought that home and um we we do it over a bowl of ice cream, and it doesn't, it sounds probably much more complicated than it is, but it's just you know, catching up over the day or over a bowl of ice cream for a few minutes and what was good, and uh and then we'll sing two or three songs together, and uh we use uh lyric videos off of YouTube. Okay. Together. And um it's that has been just a huge just a time of worship and prayer together as a family. It you know it doesn't take that long. And um but I, I Rachel noticed at the time the girls went from singing Disney songs around the house to singing songs about Jesus. Hmm. And uh so that was helpful. And then we do um we do have church in our home. Um we are part of a church um in our community here, but I oversee a team of, uh, of missionaries, and so we have team church together in our home. And so they are actively participating in in that, and um, you know all the elements. They know how to facilitate a, a discussion from the Bible. They know how to facilitate um, communion. Um, you know they've been through all the discipleship training and evangelism training uh, to the part that they've. I mean, they've actually equipped others. So when uh, they lead somebody to Christ, they know exactly what to do next because, you know, they, they participated in it as a family and, um, they've trained others to do it. In fact, recently, Maya was really, um, you know, bird and she, she saw the movie, uh, was it war room mm-hmm. on prayer. And so she, and the two Malachi and Isaiah all have these, these, you know, prayer walls with stuff, people's names and different things written up on their, on their wall. And, Um, so she was just really, you know, I I think frustrated that, man, I'm, I'm training missionaries and I'm, I'm leading adults to Christ in the community and even helping start churches. But my way the people in my life, my friends are lost. And, um, so I think her time with the Lord just, just kind of prompted in her this burden for her friends and, and, uh, and God even gave her a dream uh, just a real tense, I guess, described as a spiritual dream where her friends were perishing. Mm. And, uh, so that really motivated her to, uh, to go and share. And so she did, she shared and boom, she knew exactly how to follow up. She knew how to begin discipleship. She knew how to baptize. So she baptized her friend. Um, she knew how to, you know, do the Lord's supper with him. And I think that's all come out of us going through this together as a family that they know what to do. So there's those daily and weekly rhythms in there. Um, But then when things do, you know, when the kingdom advances, um, it's not, they know what to do. It's not that they're, um, you know, inexperienced or ill-equipped to know what to do next.
0: So I'd like to kind of key in on a couple of things that I heard go by. One is, This focus on praying for her oikos or the people that are close to her that are far from God. Mm -hmm. I know in my own life, I continue, I need to probably ask more, but I I really tend to have a heart more to pray for people that already know Christ. And so that's Mm -hmm. something that I'm asking God to help me grow in is to have a heart for the lost. It's not that I don't care. It's just Mm -hmm. that I'm more drawn to the people that are like me. And that's something that I want God to do in my life. Now, for those of you who are listening, though, I also want to key in on this, the family worship thing. That's something that um, we still struggle with in our home, trying to get that in place. I'm I'm happy to hear what's working. It sounds like as simple as a bowl of ice cream and some YouTube videos and just honoring Jesus. So that's, a, that's really good. If you want to disciple your kids, this is probably a good place to start because you have them there. Now, I, during this section, I would like to focus, uh, shift again back to to Malachi a little bit to hear from him. Uh, So, can we get him back on, or has he already got headphones on? No, he's back on right now. Awesome. So, Malachi, I've heard we've heard a story that happened, you know, maybe two, three years ago, but I understand that God's been doing some other stuff. So, can you share maybe another story of what God's been doing since He moved to Florida?
4: Yeah. um, So, one day we went to the skate park uh, because I like to skate. And me and my brother were skating, and I saw this boy sitting at the table. And um, before we got to the skate park, my dad asked us what our goals were, and I wanted to share the gospel with at least uh, two people.
3: Just to clarify, I meant skating goals, <laughs> evangelism goals. <laughs> and yeah, go ahead, Monkey. Yeah.
4: And so um, as I was skating, I saw this boy sitting down, um, taking a break, drinking his water. So I went over to him because I was like, well, I said I was going to share the gospel with at least two people. Um, and I would put one of them down. So um, I shared the, I asked him, uh, has anybody ever shared the gospel with you before? He said, no. And so I uh, shared the three circles with him. And I, uh, then I took him to Second Corinthians five seventeen through 21 and showed him that he was an ambassador. And I asked him if there was anybody in his life who needed um, to hear the that gospel, and he said he his dad needed it, and his dad his name is Mario, and um, so he uh, repented and believed, and that was cool. And so then my uh, cousin Brock, uh, he then went over and saw these other two boys sitting at the table. So he's like, he said, "Oh, I'll share the gospel too." So he went over and uh, shared the gospel with these two boys and didn't they uh, believe? Yeah, and they both believed. And so, yeah, that was cool.
0: Very nice. Now, you also mentioned that you shared using the three circle methods. So far, you've shared with us the the bridge method. Would you mind going ahead and just walking me through the three circles, like I'm I've never heard it before?
4: Yeah. Um. So three circles. So um. I just say we're all a part. Uh, we're all born into brokenness. And you know, we see brokenness in our world. We see like on the news, we see murdering, we see terrorists. Uh like sometimes in schools we see bullying and that's all part of broken A part of brokenness. Mm-hmm. But uh then I say uh that's not all part of God's design. And God's design uh was perfect. There was no brokenness and uh it was just perfect. But uh we sinned and that let us into brokenness cuz sin leads to brokenness and uh so then i say so um in brokenness uh many people try to get out by like doing good things or just going to church or um drugs and alcohol relationships uh success but all those ways they don't work they just snap us right back into brokenness like a bungee cord and then there's only one way, and that's through Jesus. And so Jesus came down to the earth as a baby. He lived the perfect life, and he never sinned. And then as he grew up, he allowed himself to die on the cross for our sin and brokenness. So, and he rose uh, three days later so that we could turn and believe and then be, uh, then be restored back into God's design. And so we can also go back into brokenness to share um, the gospel with others. And that's how I would share the three circles.
0: Oh, that's good. And for those of you who are listening, there's a real specific reason I want to ha- wanted to have Malachi share that, partly because I wanted you to hear him share it, to hear that he can do it, but also partly just to hear that this gospel presentation, it's something that you can learn. It's something that you can teach your kids. It's something that you can share with people. It's, it's easy enough that even I can get it. So <laughs> that's, that's really good. With that, we are going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward you as the listener.
2: Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show.
4: Well, I kind of read verses. Mm. Um, I'm kind of usually the head.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome right there.
3: So you you share the circles a lot. You, yeah. you show them how to do that, right? One night, Cody and I were doing. Remember
4: when Cody when Joey was baptized? Do you want to tell them about that? Yeah, so we just went to our our friend's house and we just did a Bible study with them. And then, what, what Bible study?
1: That was about the Ethiopian.
4: Yeah, the being e- Ethiopian being, being baptized. So right after that, he wanted to and after we shared the circles, he wanted to be baptized. Hmm. So he so we we just did. went to the church and filled up some water.
2: It was cold, but he <laughs> went in and we baptized. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Missions show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe.
0: All right, we're back with Troy, Rachel, and Malachi. We were talking during the break and realized we haven't even talked about training yet. So I want to make sure we get to that. Troy, why don't you just take it from
3: here? Sure. Well, um, you know, we we see that there's two types of people in the world. Uh, There's people who are far from God, and we want to share the gospel with them and then offer to train those who believe to uh, obey Jesus. And then there's people that are followers of Jesus, and we want to offer to train them. And uh, so part of our role as catalysts is, is training. And uh, so, you know, you heard earlier uh, that uh, the kids accidentally came to a training and God used them there. Well, we, we shortly after transition, and not only them attending trainings, um, we started to utilize them in trainings. Uh, I was meeting with a, a pastor and, and, uh, he and I were just training some of his folks and they just could not get it. So out of frustration, I just said, Hey, Malachi, will you show them? And he, he trained them in a gospel tool and it clicked. And I realized, Oh my goodness, like he can train too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we started including our kids in the trainings, but just one, um, and and it flows out because they're practitioners, because they're in the harvest. Um, you know, they're, they're good trainers. They've got stories to speak of. And, um, and I've, I've noticed that the training has really enhanced their time in the harvest. So it, it goes back and forth, but just one, one thing, uh, just to reiterate, Brian, is that, um, we never forced them on the training side of things, uh, to attend a training or to, to, to lead, help lead a training. Um, it was something that was always an option for them. Um, and, even to the point of getting up in front of people and training, if they ever aren't feeling it that day, they can opt out. And, um, we just are trying to be really careful. Now it comes to their spiritual disciplines. Um, you know, they're, they're supposed to obey. Um, but when it comes to, you know, training and and things like that, um, it's not something that we ever force them into. And I think as a result of that, that they see it as a, you know, they delight in it. And, um, and there's times that, you know, like if I got a Saturday training last week, um, uh, I, don't, I didn't have any of my kids come. Uh, we actually, some friends of ours that are part of our team, their kids came and trained instead, uh, because uh, the kids just wanted to stay home that day. Um, so just a encouragement to include them, you know, give them the option, but at the same time, I wouldn't exasperate them or force them into it. That that's good. And, you know, as
0: during the break, you had also mentioned something specifically for parents who want to bring their kids to a training where the parents aren't practitioners yet. Would you mind sharing just a tiny bit about that?
3: Yeah, yeah we've seen it where it's like uh, you know somebody wasn't a high school athlete and they want their kids to be an all-star. Um, and so just make sure you're not expecting your kids to do something that you yourself are not doing and uh, don't try to live vicariously through your children. Uh, I think the best way to teach them is to practice this yourself. There's a lot of this is caught and uh, caught from the parents. So I would not expect them to do something that you yourself are not doing. Okay. And now I want to turn our attention to
0: Rachel because, you know, we've been focusing a lot on kids and involving them in the ministry and that's definitely what we talked about. But Rachel, from what I understand, you also have a pretty significant vision for your family and how it functions. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Oh oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, Yeah. So you know, as a, I, you know, ever since I was little, I just knew that I wanted to be a wife um, to a godly man and um, a mom. Um, and as I became a mom, I wanted to really instill in them the Father's heart. And that is not only to love Jesus with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, but also to have the Father's heart. And that means that the Father is calling people back to Himself. And The way that he's doing that is to use us as his mouthpiece and as his ambassadors. And um, just as Troy said just a second ago that we have to be practitioners ourselves. And so, you know, I, yeah, I share the gospel with my cashier or it always is just a real natural thing um, just because I know that people are hurting because I've been hurting in my life before and I have ups and downs in my life. So I know everybody can use encouragement um, and to hear the awesome truth of Jesus. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my children see me do things like that, but I began to pray, um, about, um, maybe about a year and a half ago, um, that God would just allow me to lead someone to faith and then to walk alongside of them like a newborn and just be able to share with them and, and just disciple them, you know? And, um, uh, it was about a year that I prayed, and then God um, gave me two very special people, um, and she was just a, a waitress at a local restaurant here, and then she brought her friend, um, who um, I'm a guy, so a guy and a girl, we, we began to meet together. Our first meeting, I shared the three circles that Malachi shared earlier. Um, they both said, yes, we're in brokenness, and we want to be in God's design. And they both silently prayed in their hearts, and then we began discipleship together. I I drove home that night, just uh, tears flowing down. I couldn't believe that God could use this little mom of six kids to meet in a little Barnes & Noble coffee shop with these precious souls, and then I was going to be allowed to walk alongside of them. You know, when it's your own children, your own flesh and blood, we can— we can raise them up and we can share God's heart with them, but that I would have the opportunity to do that with these um, precious people. And it'll be a year in July that we've started meeting and they've been baptized and they practice the Lord's supper together. They see themselves as church, which is so beautiful. Um, they're growing again. Discipleship is messy, but I, I just love seeing how God is the one who, who is really working in their hearts. And then I just get to be his instrument. Um, And since then, God has given me just a couple different opportunities throughout the week to um, have discipleship. But um, there's been times that um, the girl was not able to attend and I didn't want to meet alone with um, this guy. Mm -hmm. They're both in their twenties. And so um, I brought Malachi with me one time. And, and then I started thinking, oh my goodness, like this is such a, I didn't think about it at the time. I was just thinking, I need another guy with me to meet with, with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Malachi got in the car that night and he said, he said, mom, you know how we share gospel with people? And a lot of times they just seem like they're still kind of in their mom's womb, that they haven't really been born yet. And then he said, but that guy that we just talked to and spent that time with, he's like, that guy, he's been born He's been born again, and he's like a new baby, and he 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 wants to learn it all. He's like, that was I had so much fun tonight. Thank you for bringing me. Wow. And I thought, okay, so this is what it's all about—like new life. No matter what, whether you're a 28 year old man, you know, it's still a newborn situation where they're just their lives are so precious, and that God would allow some of us that, you know, have been a believer for a long time or a believer for a couple minutes to share um, the love of Jesus in the Father's heart. So um, that's how God is, um, I don't even know why, but been using me and it's been a joy, complete joy.
0: Wow, that's great. So thinking about our, our listeners, if somebody's been listening to what we've been talking about and they're going... I want that. Is there a resource or a first step, something that you'd recommend that they do or someplace that they should go to to find out more?
3: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd encourage them to, to open up their Bible and read Matthew 28, 18 to 20 and just meditate on that. And um, as far as just Jesus's command to make disciples and that uh, all authority has been given to them to do that through Jesus. And that He is with them, and uh, so that that all comes from Him. Because um, I think that they need to be convinced themselves that this is something God is calling them to, and and their family to, and uh, and then the next step would be just to get a simple tool for how to uh, you know begin to pray for the people in their life who are far from God. You heard Rachel say she prayed for a year. You heard Malachi say I, I we went to the skate park, and so I prayed for that you know my daughter maya she's praying for these so it it starts with really um if it's a work of god we need to to pray and um ask the holy for the holy spirit's power and i'd say starting with the people in your life uh you know list off some people in your life who are far from god and ask the holy spirit to give you those names and and then and then equip yourself in a simple tool like a three circles if you google you know three circles Malachi, there'll be a, a video that comes up of him showing a simple way to share the gospel and, uh, and then to begin to um, know what to do next. You know, once they say they want to follow Jesus and um, we use something called the seven commands of Christ. Um, and uh, you can find all these resources on our website, coopersonamission.com. Um, there's videos and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I just recommend starting, seeing it from the word and uh, asking for God's power to obey and then get some simple tools and just go do it. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, for those of you listening, we will make sure to have all of these linked up in the show notes and, and I'll try and find and include that video for you as well of the three circles. Show notes will be at engagingmissions.com slash Troy Rachel Malachi, just all one word. So engagingmissions.com slash Troy Rachel Malachi. For the three of you, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been wonderful. I'd like to say one more huge thank you to Troy, Rachel, and Malachi Cooper for taking the time to do this. I think it was valuable, and I appreciate that they actually had to reorganize their lives a little bit to make all of this happen. So I appreciate that. As I mentioned, show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash coopers, and that's where you'll find links to the resources we talked about, as well as the video of Malachi teaching the three circles. I really would recommend that you check that out. It's an easy way to share the gospel it's something that we can grasp onto and something that a lot of people in our culture connect with And understand maybe even more than some of the other methods that we've used to share the gospel in the past. So just check it out. It might be something that's worth adding to your tool belt, so to speak. Next week, we're going to be continuing our series on involving children in ministry. We're going to be talking with a family called the Kings, and we're going to hear some pretty interesting stories of what God's done as they've begun to involve their children in ministry. And they've done some some pretty exciting things. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be really valuable. One thing I would ask of you, if you enjoyed this, I would appreciate it. I would really appreciate it if you could share it with somebody else who you think might find it valuable. Your recommendation might be what connects somebody to the resources that they need or the encouragement they need to begin doing the very things that we're talking about in terms of sharing the gospel and also involving their children. I think that this is a really worthwhile thing to invest in. And I just ask that if you know somebody, share it with them. And then also, one other thing, because I've always got to have one extra, let the Coopers know that you appreciate them. Tweet them on Twitter, connect with them on Facebook, leave a comment in the show notes, shoot them an email somehow, let them know that you appreciate what they shared, that it's made a change in your life and that you're going to be different because of what they've done.
2: Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.